Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey everybody, welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Shane Mahoney. And before we get to Shane, let me give you some info about our website. That's TravelTalesPodcast.com. And if you go there, you'll see some stories that I've written, some stories that some of the guests have written. You can see photos of the guests. You can see links to their social media and pages. And you can see links to our social media. And by that, of course, I mean Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. You can follow us there. There's links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. As always, if you hear us on those streaming services, I ask you to please, please give us a good rating because that helps more people find the show and boosts our presence there. So if you can do that, I would appreciate it. If you think you might be right for the show or know somebody who would be a good guest on the show, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. You can also write me and say nice things or ask me travel questions or ask for any advice or whatever. That's where you can reach me. Little update on me. When you're hearing this and when this episode drops, I will be back on the ships. Yes, I know what else could go wrong. I got COVID on my last cruise that I did. And uh, yep, I'm going back to Alaska. Same line, Holland, America. Different ship, though. I think I was cursed on the old Koenigsdam. This is going to be on the Zyderdam. So maybe this one has better mojo for me, and I stay completely healthy. But hey, duty calls, and people got to laugh, and I got bills to pay. So there you go. It's a two-week gig, and hopefully it'll just be two weeks. No quarantines, no nothing. Just me taking my hikes in Alaska, seeing the glaciers, breathing the clean air, and making with the funny. This past weekend, I did get a chance to get away up to Napa, California. Stayed with friends, had a lovely time. Had kind of a three-day weekend up there. And everything really worked out well. It can be very hot this time of year, but it was pleasant, and it actually had an odd rainstorm. We had uh, rain in California for one night, which in July, I think it was it happened on the 31st, and uh, that never happens here. Rain in July, that's so bizarre. And from what I was told, not great for the grapes. They don't expect it this time of year. Better to get the rain when the leaves are dormant in the winter, but still, any moisture out west is welcome these days. I'm hoping Napa and Sonoma and all the west can avoid some major fires this year, although they're already starting. For anybody planning trips out west, or especially if you're going to go out doing some hiking, you're going to be up in the mountains, and not just California, I'm talking Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, Oregon, wherever, it's dry out here, man. Dry as a bone. So check the fire reports, because not only uh, could you be caught in a fire, Uh, You could be caught in the smoke, and I've been places where the smoke is bad. I was in Lake Tahoe a couple summers ago, and the smoke was so bad you couldn't even see the mountains around you. The breathing hurt your lungs. Not good. Keep an eye on those reports, everybody. Also, be very wary out there. Two more of my friends got COVID this week. It is out there. Luckily, they both have recovered. They're doing okay. But whatever strain is out there right now, it is very contagious. Protect yourself and keep that in mind whenever you're traveling these days. All right, I've given my warnings. Now I'm going to bring it to our guest. When it comes to travel planning, you either fall in two camps. 
One campus for people like me who enjoy planning vacations. I don't get enough of it. Man, I'll sit there all day and look at airfares and uh, try to plan it out. I'll look at a whole bunch of different places and try to imagine where I'll go. It's very exciting to me. Other people cannot be bothered. For them, the good old-fashioned travel agent is still around, and a lot of people thought with the advent of technology, everybody would turn into someone like me who loves to sit there for a long period of time in front of the computer, ingesting all the travel info we can. But to some people, that sounds like a nightmare. They don't want any part of it. And since time is money, they'd rather pay the money to someone like Shane. And when we say pay money to Shane, we mean no small amount of money, because Shane Mahoney deals in luxury travel. He calls himself a luxury lifestyle specialist. His company is Lugos Travel, L-U-G-O-S, and you can get all his information at shanemahoney360.com. There you'll find links to Lugos Travel. You'll find links to something called Travel to Give Back, which we talk about. It's a booking site that will donate a portion of what you spend to a charity of your choice. It's a really cool idea. And he's got a bunch of other different links on there. So go to shanemahoney360.com to learn more. But I didn't know Shane. I was contacted by his people. And I was interested in what he does because I don't really consider myself a high-end traveler. And I got to admit, even though I like to book my own stuff, there is a small part of me that wants to hire a guy like him to do all the heavy lifting for me. Not just booking flights, but accommodation, booking tours, recommending the key sites that are off the beaten path, recommending restaurants, and having one person to call when something breaks down who will spring into action and help you out. This is what people pay for, and this is what people pay him for. So So if you got the cash and you want a bespoke travel experience, Shane's your man. So it was interesting to hear from someone in the travel industry who we don't really talk to that much, someone who operates in the sphere of high-end stuff, and it was interesting to me, and I hope it's interesting to you. Here's my chat with Shane Mahoney. Shane Mahoney, what's your background? Where are you from? So I'm fifth generation Floridian. And uh, but then before that, on my dad's side, it goes to Ireland. But uh, I'm actually uh, my mom's from Paris. So I'm uh, I'm French, too. Oh, wow. Where in Florida? Uh, So I live in central Florida in between Tampa and Orlando, a town called Lakeland. Most people don't know where it is, but I know where it is. Yeah, My, my parents live. My family lives in Sebring. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're nearby, Publix, Publix supermarkets was started in Lakeland. So that's where the, that's where the, <laughs> the mothership, the yeah, the homeland of Publix, some good eating around here. <laughs> good delis, good deli in Publix. From what I remember. Yeah. Where, where do you, where do you hail from? I grew up in Chicago, but uh, I had family in Florida my whole life. So I've been going there for forever. So I know Florida, I know Florida pretty well. I always, uh, when you, when you reached out to me, it was funny. Cause like, I, I've interviewed a number of, I mean, you don't call yourself a travel agent. No. Do you? Okay. You're more, I like your titles at what luxury lifestyle specialist. specialist. Okay. That's a nice title. Luxury lifestyle specialist. Why is that different or how is that different from like a traditional travel agent? So uh, my team and I plan, execute and organize custom private luxury vacations for executive couples and families. And, um, and essentially what that means is that we are crafting the entire experience from the moment you leave your front door until you come back to your front door. So we're not focused on, uh, just an Instagram worthy place, but we're also, and probably more importantly, focused on all of the processes that it takes to make that happen. 
And we focus on that so that our clients don't have to. And so our clients just basically get to continue living their life as they have without having to be an expert in travel because they've hired us to be the expert in travel. And that's essentially where it really, uh, the magic uh, comes into play and allows us to be able to do a lot for our clients, which is the luxury lifestyle. It's uh, not having to uh, do the work. What was your background? Was it always travel or were you in oh, another yeah. line of work? No, actually, I, I graduated college and uh, University of Alabama and mm. Roll Tide. I think I'm okay. legally <laughs> contracted to say that. You have to say it. You have uh, to say it. And uh, so, yeah, I think I did. I, I think I did what most people do. And, uh, you know, I got a pretty good job out of college. And then the next six years, I just um, I kind of had better opportunities every single year. And I found myself eventually 12 years later where I just really wasn't happy with my life. And I felt like I had been leading a lot of the the typical American lifestyle. You know, we, we work, 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 work. And then we have like this focus and intention to take a vacation. But the mere stress of planning all of those things, putting it all together, researching all that stuff really becomes too much. And at some point, um, I was living a lifestyle that was just like everybody else, where you just want to hit the easy button and you end up taking a cruise, you go to the same places you've been before. Um, because at this point, the stress is like here and you're just like, if I don't do something now, the hotels are going to be more expensive. The flights are going to be more expensive. And I think most people end up doing this, this process, you know, right around spring break, right? Their kids like a week away from being gone for school for a week. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything planned for this summer. What are we going to do? Right. And so I had reached that similar point in my life. And, um, and so it's funny how things work out because I, um, I was ready to just really quit it all. I, I was, um, you know, I, I mentioned that my mom's from Paris, so I'm a half French citizen. And, uh, I thought, you know, I'm just, I'm going to go be a ski instructor in the French Alps and, uh, I won't make <laughs> much money. I know it's a terrible idea. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it sounds, sounds awful. Actually. I was like, I won't make much money, but I'll be happy with my life. I was like, you know, I've made a lot of money. I was like, this is not everything. This is not, I'm not figuring it out. And, um, so the funny thing is, is that, uh, this happenstance thought led me, uh, well, my mom to find an article about a guy who had sold his 20 year real estate agency in Colorado, sold everything, moved to France and started a ski school. And I was like, I'll get a job with him. So, uh, so I wrote him a really long email, like explaining where I was in my life and how it was probably where he was in his life. And uh, he was gracious enough that we spoke the next day for four hours. And um, he made the suggestion that one, being a ski instructor in France was probably not a great idea, um, <laughs> in spite of that being his business. <laughs> um, and two, uh, that I should probably consider being a tour operator. And so um, so with uh, a lot of research and uh, and such, I was able to take uh, my previous experience traveling a lot growing up um, and combine it with my experience of being a, a typical American consumer uh, workaholic. And I felt like I really had something to be able to give to people so that they could experience the world in new and interesting ways, but without it really impeding on their lifestyle that much. So great. Kind of 
kind of how I came there. What line of work were you in before on this uh, job that you hated? Mostly uh, sales and finance positions. I was in the car industry, uh, mortgage industry, and construction uh, construction uh, sales. So um, just kind of all, all sorts of different things. But uh, a lot of it was in sales and finance. What was your travel background before uh, you really kind of took it on as a lifestyle? Were you that backpacker that went around or were you, was your nah. family travelers? No, I, I had a pretty, so I was almost born in Iran. Uh, Whoa. My dad, yeah, my dad was, uh, was a true roughneck in the seventies. So he, um, he actually worked on an exploratory oil ship in the Indian ocean. So we spent a year living in Borneo. We spent three years in uh, Australia um, you know, being that most of my family on my mother's side is from France and Italy. We did a fair amount of traveling there. And then, um, when I was in high school, I was an exchange student in Barcelona for six months, uh, my senior year. And then, um, and then once I started making good money, um, you know, I, I had the type of job that like, if you were around on your vacation, they could like call it, they felt like they could call you in. And, uh, and so I was like, I made a habit of like going really far away. So, uh, <laughs> we did trips to Amsterdam and Russia and, uh, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just kind of get out. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Where does Lugos come from? What is that? I love that you asked that. Thanks. Um, yeah, Mike. <laughs> it's so not Mahoney travel. It's not Mahoney travel. I mean, it could be Mahoney travel. No. <laughs> so, um, so Lugo, so I'm a, I, I like history. I think it's really important to be able to ground yourself. I love the George Santayana quote, uh, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And uh, so I wanted to take a little bit from my French heritage. And I found that Lugos was the ancient god in Gaul before Julius Caesar conquered. And he was the god of all arts and the protector of all travelers. And it, to me, that really resonated because... Um, because one, I really like the arts. Um, but two, I really felt like, um, you know, if you, if you pull the average American, you know, why they don't want to travel to Europe and things like that, it's usually the little things that prevent you from doing things. So like feeling comfortable being able to go to the bathroom, like asking somebody if you can go to the bathroom. I think that's like the most common thing that you can hear um, and I wanted to be able to provide a safe environment for people to be able to have a good time without feeling like they were an outsider. And, um, and, and, and true to form, we do a number of things that we do to um, make you less visible as a tourist while you're on vacation. Um, so, uh, and we also register 100% of our clients with the US State Department. Uh, which is uh, just an added layer of security, just in case the, the proverbial shit goes down. Um, the U.S. government knows who you are, where you are, how to get a hold of you, and you know, think hopefully they're they're working to get you out. So just things like that. Well, give me a, a typical kind of uh, example of a uh, a Lugos travel vacation because I've seen some of them online, which look pretty pretty amazing. Like Thanks. the uh, James Bond experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the James Bond experience is um, is not something you'll find on my website. It's uh, it's really uh, a niche product that I designed for the upperest of the upper echelon <laughs> to um, to do something that they 
could not possibly do any other way. It's the unattainable trip. Um, uh, and so I'll briefly cover it, but then what I'd, what I'd really want to share with your, uh, with your listeners is how Lugos travel interacts with most people, the, the regular folks. Oh yeah. No, I just wanted to, I wanted to, cause I saw an interview with you talking about this that it just sounded really, really yeah. awesome. So, I mean, I couldn't afford it, but yeah, it's a million dollars for one person for 16 days. Oh, uh, most people, uh, w- either can't or would not. I mean, if you got about a free million dollars, so, um, yeah. And so essentially what it was is it was taking, uh, more than 10 years of experience in this business and all the contacts that I have to create something that was, uh, in my opinion, life-changing and different than anything else that's out there. Um, and so if, if any regular listeners are listening to this, I would ask (laughs) them to look at it, not really from the perspective of like, I'm going to do that. Uh, unless you do want to do that. I know this is an extreme example of showing what you can, what you can do when you put your mind to it. Um, so, okay. (laughs) So let's, let's do it. It's, uh, it's 16 days starts with three days. Uh, and by the way, all of the, uh, travel is done by private jet. So that that's right off the bat. Uh, but it starts with three days at a U.S. government-approved training facility. They already train everybody from the CIA down to the LAPD. Um, you would be doing surveillance detection routes, uh, shooting from helicopters, um, you know, all sorts of spycraft. Uh, we have several ex-military people that would be that would be teaching you a lot of cool stuff in three days. Jam-packed. At the end of the three days, we release to you custom gadgetry. Um, and then we send you home and sometime between that time and the next month, we give you 24 hours of notice when it's time to go, when it's time to go, you pack absolutely nothing. Uh, and we take you to Northern Italy on what is an eight day Hollywood script written, choose your own adventure, live action role play game with real actors that are designed to further the storyline. You but really the magic of this is a storyline that evolves and revolves around whatever decisions our bond makes. So, <laughs> so essentially whatever they choose to do, we have the story to go around it. So it's not like a Disney ride. You don't necessarily know where it's going to go. You also could go into a coffee shop and order a coffee and have no idea that the person behind the, the counter is one of our actors. You don't know. <laughs> could hand you some secret stuff. Anything is possible. It includes all the regular toys, all the stuff that you could imagine, uh, casino night, cars, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, because you didn't pack anything, it also includes all eight days, custom tailored clothes, uh, yours to keep with all your preferred toiletries and bags, of course, to take it all home with. Uh, at the end <laughs> of the crazy. eight days, once you've defeated Spectre, then we fly you and your significant other wherever they are in the world concurrently for another five days to the Jamaica uh, Golden Eye estate where Sir Ian Fleming wrote the books. And that's just relaxation time. Uh, when you get home, I have a 12 month Aston Martin lease waiting for you, uh, paid in full. <laughs> and uh, And then the real gem that's going to set you apart with your billionaire buddies is the entire time you were doing your adventure. We have a military surveillance team taking buttonhole, night vision, heat vision, regular cameras, uh, basically 
documenting and chronicling everything that you're going to be doing. And we put together a kick-ass highlight reel video uh, <laughs> that you can brag to anybody about uh, with what you did. Well, that's going above and beyond, but I mean, I don't have a million dollars sitting around. Sure. Uh, but it's great to, work. yeah. But yeah. I did notice like, uh, so I go on the site and a lot of your travel is, uh, it's mostly Europe and I think South America really kind of. Yeah, we a couple things. Maldives, Maldives I saw. Yeah. So we're actually in the process of releasing uh, Tahiti, Tokyo, or I'm sorry, Japan. Um, uh, we'll be releasing Vietnam, Chile, Ecuador. Uh, we're ag- introducing Africa um, and Egypt. And uh, all of that's happening in the next two to three weeks. Um, so in addition to that, we do uh, Spain, Costa Rica, Peru, um, France, Italy, Belgium, UK, oh, I'm Greece. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but uh, essentially, what we're doing is we're we're taking the highlights, the best places that you want to go, and um, and Mike, we we service most of the clients in a very very simple format. You know, I think one of the things I I talked about earlier is most companies are talking about the Instagram worthy like picture. Any tour company is going to be able to deliver that. That's the easy part. Uh, what we focus on more than anything is the process. The process of purchasing it is the stressful part of vacation planning. And the reason is because like right now, what we're seeing with post-COVID world is that a lot of travel companies throughout the world have laid off a lot of staff. And now travel is back to above where it was pre-COVID in terms of demand. And so what we're seeing is a five to seven day on average uh, process just to get your first quote. Uh, now the best companies in the world and the absolute biggest ones are doing this in 24 to 36 hours. Our company is the only company in the world that can get you a custom proposal good for any dates of the year on any of their tours in 30 minutes or less. Um, and with, and as soon as you get it, you can customize it however you want to, because all the other companies are going to give you that first proposal. And then you're going to get it and be like, Hey, I want to change this. I want to change that. I want to add this. And then you add another three to five days before you can really get that information. And so if you really track what I was saying earlier, that stress level has been building and building and building. And now you have like a week to two weeks more of stress building up and it's just too much. So we wanted to take the process of buying travel and and make it a vacation from planning a vacation. Yeah, you're um, you're one of two camps. It seems like most people. It's like one one camp is like me who loves planning trips. You know, I I love doing it and getting in there and but I'm I've been around a little bit, so I kind of know what I'm looking for and I know where to look. And sure. but then um, it was funny when they when the internet really started swinging and and uh, became a thing. And I'm old enough to remember before the internet. Yeah. Um, they had predicted the end of travel agents, you right. know, when, oh, we can just book our own flights and things now, but that's not really the case though. Or uh, the business has changed, right? It's not the traditional way of doing it. You know, I, I studied this a lot and, um, and you, you're not wrong. So it used to be the travel agents were the gatekeepers of the information. So you had to have them to book stuff. And when the internet came out, then really the pendulum has swung to the complete other side. It's now a question of having too much information. It's information overload. How do you pick between two four-star hotels that have over 600 positive reviews 
and are generally in the same area, you know, how do you choose between one or the other, you know, um, knowing like what to do, where to go. But Mike, really the, the big reason that I would ask anybody to hire me has nothing to do with the buttons we click to book your stuff. Um, it's the, it's the, it's the time that we save you. And more importantly than anything else, it's who do you want working on your vacation when a problem arises? It, you know, if you're raising your hand, then you should book it yourself because, uh, right now we're seeing flight changes, uh, hotel changes, there's, uh, train strikes, there's all kinds of other stuff. And so when there's a problem on your vacation, would you like to punch in and start fixing that problem? Or would you just like to let your vacation continue as it goes? You know, we've seen, we've seen the, the train strikes happen. And so we had a car to pick up our clients from the hotel, take them to the train station. And then the train was going to take them to the new city. And then we had another car to pick them up and take them, take them to their new hotel. Well, um, you know, at 8 a.m., you know, European time, it's 2 a.m. Uh, American time, right? <laughs> or earlier. And so who do you want dealing with that problem, right? Do you want to wake up and be like, oh my God, we cannot get to the new destination. We have no idea what to do. Or what our clients did is they got in the same car that was scheduled to pick them up just as normal. And then that car took them all the way. That was it. There was nothing else to it. We had to stop along the way for them to have lunch in a beautiful city. And they had a zero interruption to their trip and zero stress. So that is the reason to hire us is because somebody's going to be on the clock when there's a problem. The question is, who's that going to be? If you would give like a an average length of trip and say an average price for a, a typical trip that you that you sell, sure. Um, what would the, the range be? A million bucks. I know. I know it's not a million dollars. <laughs> But what, yeah. what would the, what would the kind of typical range be? So you know, it, so very much that depends on where you go and how long you go, and mostly right. it includes what options you pick. But I can give a very general look. Let's uh, pick a general looking, kind of like I'm coming from America and I'm going to say Central Europe. Let's say France. Sure. So I would say that generally speaking our prices start around $500, $550 per person per day. So if you looked at, let's say, a 10-day tour, you could be looking at uh, 5000 bucks per person, give or take. You know? But you're handling and, uh, all the, the the flights, you're handling the accommodation. That doesn't include flights, but um, but here's maybe it would be easier for me to explain what you do get. Because okay. we serve every single one of our tours in two parts. So the first part is what we call the essential tour. And that's what you get with your proposal immediately, okay? And the essential tour is anything that you would use, whether you've never been somewhere or you've been there five times. And uh, it starts with private round-trip transportation starting from your house to any time you have your luggage or any time it's more than 20 minutes from point to point. Our expectation is if you're going to dinner, you'll probably just grab a cab. But for everything else, we're going to take care of the big stuff. Uh, that's with an English-speaking driver. That's with standard gratuity included. Um, so that's one major thing right off the bat. The second thing we include is four-star and up hotels. We always do a minimum one-category room upgrade. So our rooms are typically superior or deluxe, never standard. And that is going to give you a little bit of room, a little better view, 
Uh, we typically focus on boutique style hotels that are city center and hopefully have an architectural or historical component to be able to add a little bit of flavor to your trip. We include breakfast every single day. We include a welcome dinner and a farewell dinner on the first and last nights. And then we also include, if you do a train, we do first class tickets. And lastly, the essential tour includes one privately guided tour in each city you visit. And that is going to include skip the line access to wherever you go or early access. So like, for example, if you're going to the Vatican, you're going to be there an hour before anybody else. You're going to have full run of the place. Okay. So we want to, we're focused on experience. Now that's the essential tour and you can get that quote good for any days of the year in 30 minutes on our website. Super simple. But the real magic is the second part. And that's where we offer customizations. This is how you can make it yours, but without having to tell me 30, 45 minutes of information about who you are, because we trust that you know who you are, <laughs> right? Just basics. Right. So, so essentially we offer four categories of options. Uh, our first is savor, and those are going to be anything foodie related. So, uh, Cooking classes, Michelin star dining opportunities, tastings, wineries, breweries, chocolate workshops, you name it. Okay. Uh, we offer explore categories, anything cultural, that's people, places. Our third category is excite. That's anything that has to do with um, uh, adrenaline. So that's going to be, um, you know, Bungee jumping or skydiving, skydiving. <laughs> skydiving. Yeah, we don't do skydiving really. That's not something people ask us for. But hot air balloon ride. You want to drive yeah, yeah. a Ferrari on or off the track? We have a P fifty one Mustang that'll go over World War One battlefields. But can you do also, the uh, like the Autobahn. We can do a lot. Germany. I can oh, close. Really? I can close Monza down, and you can drive a Formula Three car if you're feeling froggy. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, is next level, next level. Uh, but but most of our clients, you know, most of our clients in that category, if they're going to Italy, might want to stop by the Ferrari Museum, check out the track, and then we can have, let's say, uh, Ferrari California for you to drive for an hour on public roads. That's just like a general thing that you can do. It's not super expensive. It's it's actually pretty reasonable to be quite honest. Um, and, or we can do it on a track. It's really there's a lot of options. So it doesn't have to be crazy. It could be just whitewater rafting. It depends on where we're at. But anything that's adrenaline related goes into the Excite category. And then our last category is Pampered. And that's basically for anybody who already knows they want the best of everything. We offer a one-click solution to upgrade every one of your rooms to a junior suite or a suite or take you from a four-star to a five-star hotel. And and. Boom. So four to five curated options in each of those categories. And you can click, you know exactly how much it is. You build it exactly the way you want to. And then you can sign the contract, pay the deposit, and then you tell us when you want to go. It's as simple as that. What year did you start the business and how long have you been going? 11 years. Started in 2011. Okay. So as we all know, the last couple of years has been <laughs> a little bit fun on all of us in the uh, travel business. How did you navigate uh, and how are you still navigating COVID and the you know shutdowns? I've had to cancel a number of trips. There's some yeah. uh, places like Japan that still haven't opened up. Sure. You know, to, uh, you know, but there's still quarantines and things like that. Um, 
uh, did you completely shut it down for a little while or did you were you still booking through it? Total blessing and a curse. So 15 months we were shut down, couldn't sell a thing. Um, but really, I'm not the type to sit around. So it gave me um, it gave me the opportunity to do two really major foundational things. The one is everything I've been talking about, inventing the essential tour structure with the automated uh, proposal system would have never been possible had we not been shut down. Um, we are literally the only company in the world that can deliver on that because that's this is huge. People don't want to wait. The second thing and that has been really great is that over the last 11 years, I've had so many calls about like, hey, you know, uh, Shane, I want to go. Uh, So-and-so is having a baby or getting married uh, or there's a funeral or something like I would say everyday travel needs where you just need a hotel, a flight and a rental car or one of those things. And um, and Lugos Travel was really not a good resource for that. But it was also didn't really sit well with me that we weren't providing some solution that would help. And so um, so I was really impressed with the smile.amazon model where um, you pay the same exact price for your Amazon goods as you would anywhere else. Um, but now they're donating a portion of the of what you paid for to whatever charity you choose. And so what we did is we adopted that same exact model and travel to give back allows any of our clients to pick any of 1.3 million charities in the United States of America. And then you can buy hotels, flights and rental cars at the same or better price as you'll find everywhere else. But we donate 25% or more to any, to the charity you choose. So it doesn't cost our clients a single cent more to do the regular traveling that they're already going to do, but it increases their donations substantially because uh, if you look at the model, um, great charities like American Heart Association make an actual about 400 to 500K extra a year from Amazon Smile. But that is an average price of $22 in your cart for Amazon, and they're paying five times less than what we pay. So your average hotel is 100 plus, and we're paying five times as much. Mike, I have, uh, I have, I call on everybody that's that's out there to use travel to give back because we're going to try to donate a billion dollars by 2035, uh, and I think it's possible with with just like 1.2% of the population using it sometimes. That's great. Cause I saw the travel uh, to give part of the website and I was going to ask you about that, but now you already covered it. So that's great. Boom. <laughs> um, where do you think is a destination? I mean, everybody knows Europe and the, and the popular places and things like that. Sure. What do you think's uh, up and coming? Where do you think people are that you're trying to like maybe point people to and going, you know, this is a really cool place that you may not be on your radar, but check it out. No matter what, uh, I would encourage anybody that's never been to the Maldives to go there. Uh, it is absolutely beautiful. I think with, uh, you know, whatever you think about global warming or not, um, it doesn't matter because they're losing inches of territory every year. And they're only, I think their highest point on their whole island chain is maybe six feet. So um, it's something that I think is going to go away. Question is when, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 years, maybe 40 years, but it is absolutely one of the most beautiful places on earth to go. 
Um, and it is service-wise one of the best experiences you can possibly imagine. So if you've never taken your significant other to the Maldives, by God, go. Um, <laughs> and then and then the other one I would say is is a little bit closer to home is Costa Rica. I I, I really love Costa Rica. It has a lot of really fun things to do. It's a beautiful country. The people are so nice. Um, and, and it's not far. So I think there's a lot of things that we can do to, um, you know, pepper in some different things. Uh, I'm personally going to Greece in October. Uh, it'll be my first time. And, um, and I, um, I'm actually also wanting to get to Peru soon. So there's, there's just so much to explore. Your first time at Greece? I find that hard to believe. I know it's it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh you'll love it. You'll love it. Um I, one thing that the pandemic showed a lot of destinations, especially ones that are heavily touristed, it gave them a year or two to breathe because over tourism in some places was a real sure. problem. Uh places like Venice and stuff, sure. you know, five, six cruise ships a day coming into that place, it was just overrunning it. Yeah. Um, were you conscious of that? And are you like, if someone comes to you and go, I want to go to this place, it's like, well, you know, everybody wants to go. <laughs> you may want to, I mean, I think we all play a hand in it and that we publicize these places, but sure. Um, I don't know. It, it was kind of nice when nobody was there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, Mike, my, my, um, my, there's, there's what I like to do personally. And there's like what I, what I will do professionally, obviously, you know, nobody that's never been to Paris or isn't going right. to go to the Eiffel mean, Tower, right? Sure, sure. Um, but but I try to get people out of the big cities as soon as possible so that you get a taste of it. Um, you know, like Rome, Paris, Venice, these are great cities for like three days, four days. Um, that you don't want to revolve an entire vacation around it. So yeah. we'll we'll get you there, we'll get you the highlights, we'll get you the stuff if that's what you want to do, or um, we offer a lot of different tours that are, you know, nowhere, nowhere in those big things. Um, you know, Cinque Terre, uh, you know, obviously Florence is, is gorgeous. Any, everybody should go there. It's so, <laughs> yeah. so pretty, but like, I always recommend Belgium, you know, most people don't, don't even think about Belgium, but, um, but here's what I love about it. Um, the beer culture and the food culture is incredible absolutely the best. It's got the highest concentration of Michelin star dining restaurants, uh, than anywhere else in the world. It's, uh, you can make it from Brussels to London in, in two hours on the train to Paris in an hour and a half to Amsterdam in an hour and hour and 45 minutes. So you can take day trips to all kinds of different places there. English is one of four main languages for the, for the, so everybody speaks it and it is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so you know go to belgium it's it's way off people's radar but it's amazing i liked ghent better than brussels oh have you been to bruges though uh yeah yeah uh, i, I mean like uh, bruges but there was bruges and ghent and there i mean those um they have to be seen they're very similar but 100%. i like ghent a little better just because it was less touristy and i thought just as pretty but they I, should both be seen I echo that a hundred percent. Yeah. Those are both very walkable, fun cities. Did you make it to the Drupalcot in Ghent? Which one? What is that? <laughs> so it's this fantastic little gin bar. This no, old, I didn't do this 
old surly guy who's just like <laughs> he's just got a scalp. You should see it. It's like his entire bar is like a wall of bottles with you cannot see a single label. And this guy personally flavors them like I think there's like 60 flavors of different types of gin. And um and uh, he's got pepper gins and pear and you know vanilla <laughs> you name it this guy knows his bar so well you, you don't order anything and he just like this and, <laughs> just and grabs it. just, uh, i mean it's literal just shot glasses it's it, it's crazy. that sounds really cool but just knowing knowing little things like that and um it, did you ever go to the mustard place the trentel in verlent no oh you're kidding me wait what the mustard place yeah, there's a there's a store in Ghent called Torrental and Verlent, and they've been making the same mustard since the 1600s. It, it, <laughs> in the store, it's in it's it's like in a wooden barrel in the store. When you buy it, you buy a container. They fill it with a ladle. I kid you not. Michelin star chefs from around Europe regularly go there <laughs> to get mustard and bring it back. Because they will not ship it anywhere. The only place is you can get it is that store. And to say that it is, I, I've been out for like three years and I'm pissed. It's so <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. Is it a brown? It's a brown mustard. Yeah, kind of thing? it's a mustard. That's it. Huh? Oh yeah. man! See now, I wish I'd have known you before that. I, you know, I would have gone. Well, so could have so gin and mustard all week. So here's the thing, Mike, you, <laughs> you brought it up without bringing it up. And I, and I want to talk about it for a second. And um, so, so we do, we do something that I didn't get a chance to talk about earlier, but uh, we do a custom daily amenities package. And the reason that I invented this package, we are the only company that does this is you ever gotten a bottle of champagne in your room? Sure. Were you in France when it happened? No. Okay. So here's, <laughs> here's what I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> bottle of champagne is what's called a, an amenity, right? And any travel person can get a bottle of champagne in your room and chances are good. You'll like it and enjoy it. Right. But if you weren't in France, that means that you paid somebody for, uh, let's say a Belgian vacation and they gave you a French experience. And I always thought there was a little bit of a mismatch there because I'm supposed to be the expert in where you're going and the culture and the people and the place. And if I give you an experience that's outside of what you paid me for, you may like it and it may be okay, but it's really not in the spirit of what I'm good at. And so what we did was our custom daily amenities package is designed to really cement you in the culture. And what we did is we found locally produced local specialties in all kinds of areas like colognes, perfumes, clothes, uh, knives, candles, uh, jewelry, uh, food, alcohol, non-alcohol, you name it, wooden bowls. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that you cannot find these things in a tourist shop and, or mustard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, uh, it's a specialty of that area. And we have one of those items delivered to your hotel room every day so that you don't miss, you could go to Ghent, and you didn't go into the two of the most iconic places that are probably within walking distance of your hotel, and you didn't know about it. You didn't stop in the right store. You didn't know to ask. Let me ask you this: Did you have, did you have uh, when you were in Belgium? Did you have a, um, oh, what do they call them? A, a waffle? No, no, yeah, no. The, <laughs> fries. Those are those are really good. The fries are really good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the little gummy candy. 
Not the Haribo, not that one, the German one. I've had that. No, no, no. Um, I'm spacing on the name of it, but but it's it's they sell it in little carts in paper bags. You pass by it like six times. You didn't know to be like, hey, let me try one of these. It's like a total specialty of the area. And that's the whole point is our clients don't have to be experts in a place before they go. We're going to bring the expertise to them. Um, and that's and I think that's one of the things that really sets us apart and puts puts us in the position to be able to give our clients a better experience um, that that you can book it yourself, of course. But do you know about those things? Yeah, well, that becomes dangerous in a pl- if you're into something like wine, which every you know region of every <laughs> has their own kind of wine or or uh, local liquor. So sure. uh, I mean, that can. I mean, do you get people that are just like, that's our thing. We want to, we're going to Italy and we would just want, we want the wine and cheese. <laughs> just like, give us the local wine and cheese wherever we go. We, we absolutely. So in our, uh, in our culture packages, um, you know, you can take wine, wine tours, do different wineries and things like that. In our saver packages, we have cheese tastings, chocolate workshops, pesto making, uh, make your own pizza in Italy or make your own, um, you know, raviolis, like all these different specialty niche things that people should want to do. Uh, we do offer those, but this is the, the custom daily menus package is about is, is more about saying like, Hey, you know, like if you're in the French Alps, there's a knife called Opinel. It's a really nice knife. It's, it's a little different. It's a little pocket knife. It's nothing crazy, <laughs> but would you want to have like that kind of a memento from that place? Um, sure. Um, so, you know, are you going to necessarily stop into a knife store? Maybe not, but you know, why should you miss out on that? Right. I'll give you, I'll give you another great example. And then I'm going to, I'm going to anchor this for anybody who's listening. Um, we, we've, we've often booked this hotel in Scotland. It's uh, it's actually a national historic register it's a uh, it's a castle. They have five rooms um, where General Eisenhower stayed for a lot of World War II. Um, and so one of the rooms has a window that overlooks like a, a little shelf of grass that goes to a cliffside to the water. And then out in the water, some distance out there is a little island. It's completely uninhabited. But on that island is a green flecked granite. It's the only place that it has. Um, and only one company has the mining rights for that and they make curling stones, right? And because they make curling stones right in that area, they give some of the extra bonus material that comes off that stuff to a local jeweler. So our clients that stay there get custom sterling, sterling silver and granite, uh, earrings and cufflinks for the men and the women that anchor them to that place. Wow. And that is part of our custom daily menus kit. And how I'll anchor it for anybody listening is anybody who pulls one of our custom proposals and signs it within three days, we will include the custom daily menus package absolutely free. That's a $100 value per day. Well, that's a nice deal. You heard it here first, folks, on the Travel Tales podcast. The uh, um is it mostly in terms of accommodation for you? Is it all hotels or do you, can you rent like, are there full houses or like Airbnbs or anything like that? 
Uh, so we've, we've definitely, as a travel company, we've definitely done Airbnbs in the past. Um, I, I, I do sometimes do those. I don't, I don't recommend them for, for a lot of vacations to be, to be honest, it's a lot of risk. Um, you know, uh, I have, if I, if I book you a hotel, when you arrive after your eight hour flight, I know you still have that hotel. Um, if I book you in an Airbnb and that owner's grandmother died and they just decided to cancel that, well, guess what? Now you don't have a place to stay and there's nothing you can do about it. And now what we're doing as your, as your agent is we're scrambling to find you an acceptable alternative, you know, within minutes and hours that, uh, that's just not a good savory situation. So we, we, I, I think there's a place for Airbnb. Um, but, but we just generally don't professionally use it. Um, it's just too, it's too much risk and liability. Well, this, this summer, the big story about travel is of course the delays and cancellations sure. everywhere and sure. in, in using your service is, uh, travel insurance and this kind of thing. Is it, is it included? It's, it's an, it's, so we can't, uh, legally mandate that you have travel insurance, but we will offer it 100% of the time. Uh, so we will offer you a quote, um, and, uh, the different levels of the quotes, uh, we encourage anybody to travel with travel insurance. Uh, but Mike, people who are listening really should know why you want to buy travel insurance. I, I, I think it's great. The travel insurance is going to cover things like uh, interruptions, baggage delays, and things like that. Honestly, that's that's good things, right? But if that's what you're buying travel insurance for, you are missing the point. Uh, the point of travel insurance has one main function, and that is medical coverage. Your yeah, I was going to say health coverage, coverage yeah. <laughs> in the United States does not cover you in the in anywhere else anywhere else. And some medical coverages in the United States won't even cover you outside of your home area. So, so how medical insurance works is, you know, if you need help and we've had clients that had to have a doctor come to the hotel, uh, we can do a lot of things at zero additional cost. So, you know, oftentimes you're looking at three, four, 500 bucks for travel insurance and 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 I would say, you know, obviously the best case scenario is have the coverage and never need it because, you know, you're healthy and everything's cool. But if you do have any need for it, that's going to exceed that $500 cost like in no time flat. Especially uh, if you have to be like helicoptered or something oh off of, of a mountain or something please. like that. Like it's not even funny how much money you can be, you can be yeah. saving and stuff like that. And, and it's just... It's just a way to mitigate your risk, which is, of course, what any insurance is. But, uh, but yeah. So, so the the way that we do things is, you know, you pick your tour, and then, like I said, you, you tell us when you're going to go. We automate the process of telling you when to buy the flights, uh, when to cover travel insurance. Uh, we 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 provide a number of things to make your entire thing easy. We're going to provide. Uh, adapters to recharge your phone. So you don't have to hunt on Amazon for which one's the right one for you. We're going to provide a Wi-Fi device, giving you full Wi-Fi coverage wherever you go. And this is important because so many international uh, calling plans can be very expensive, like 40 bucks a day expensive. 
And so if you don't have that coverage and you make one phone call to, to your kids back home or grandma or whatever, holy smokes, like that's a lot of money. <laughs> so we started providing a Wi-Fi device so that not only can you stay connected to the world uh, while you're there, but more importantly, if you need to make a call back home, you can do Wi-Fi calling and it costs you zero bucks. So uh, we take care of that. We take care of luggage tags. We take care of a phone bank that recharges your phone at three o'clock in the afternoon when you've been taking 800 pictures and it's dying and you still have two more hours of tours to do. Why should you miss out on that stuff? So we take care of that and so much more so that, like I said, you, you really have one decision. Where am I going to go? And when am I going to go? And we'll take care of everything from there. Well, let's talk about your personal uh, experiences right now. This is the fun stuff that we get to uh, <laughs> we get to dig deep let's into the it. Shane lifestyle. Uh, give me your worst travel experience or worst uh, or flying experience or whatever. <laughs> um, okay. This is embarrassing, but this is before I was a professional in, the, in my career. <laughs> Um, well, you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, no, I definitely did. So I, I, the very first time I ever hired a travel professional um, was going to Russia. And so I was going to meet up with, I was in my mid-20s and I was going to meet up with my parents. My mom had been invited to an international legal symposium. I had some really cool bonus type tours that were not typical, right? So we were going to Moscow and St. Petersburg. And so I hired somebody and I paid, I think like $1,300 for the flight round trip. Right. And, um, so mind you at this point in my career, I had started a new job a year and a half earlier. I had been working 80 to 90 hour weeks. I had had one day off a week. Um, and I had my one week of vacation coming up to do this. So, uh, so bananas. <laughs> and uh and so it's to my life i'll swear that the travel agent told me the wrong time to be at the airport because i show up at the airport and i was too late to check in and uh. the guy behind the counter is like i can't get you on this flight and so i was like well what can you do and so he does like the like you know the snl skit of like one tapping for an hour and a half yeah it's just <laughs> yeah and then finally he goes like okay because I can get you to New York. And if you can get there on time, he's like, you need to get your bags, get a taxi, go to the other airport. I forget if it was JFK or LaGuardia. And then you catch another flight just in time. You'll make it to Paris for your other Paris to Moscow flight. I was like, all right, let's do it. He goes, one catch. I was like, all right, what's that? He's like, it's four grand for that change. I was like, <laughs> okay. So wow. I, said, I said, yes. I said yes to that. Um and so that that was the part that sucked. But the best part was that the agent felt so bad that I had spent so much extra money that he personally walked me through security. He personally talked to the pilot who also personally sped up the plane so that we could get me more time to get from one airport to the <laughs> next. Um, I made my connections. I made it to Moscow. Uh, oops, they lost my bag. So that sucked. Um, but, uh, but all in all, it was, uh, it was a great experience. I ended up sitting, oh, oh, and the guy actually upgraded me to first class from Paris to Moscow. So I actually sat next to a real NASA astronaut and uh, had a phenomenally stimulating conversation as he was going over to Russia to do cosmonaut training and uh, stuff like that. So it was, 
it was overall, it was the best <laughs> and the worst. Hands down. How about any kind of, uh, we talked about you know, medical things, any kind of, uh, ever had to go to a hospital, any other country, did they ever get sick? Did you ever, any food poisonings, anything like that? I've never had any issues with that. Um, but so we, we give our itineraries in an app to our clients and the app includes a map and the map, we always locate uh, exactly where the nearest 24-hour medical facility is to your hotel. So if you are having problems, you don't even have to speak the language. You can literally show it uh, your phone to a taxi driver and they know exactly where to go. Um, there's even a map function that'll get you directions with Google Maps or Apple Maps, either one. Well, this is always a, a fun question I always ask. So give me the country that you weren't expecting much of that blew you away. And then the one that's the opposite, the one that you had high hopes for. And you were just like, eh, it's kind of, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I hate to go back to Belgium, but I didn't, I didn't know what to expect uh, when I went there the first time. And, and I was blown away with how much I really liked it. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people associate like a Michelin star dining experience with spending 350 bucks per person for lunch. And that's definitely possible. But the truth is, is it, you know, if you find the right one, uh, my wife and I spent $65 for dinner each. Uh, I mean, we were out like 180 bucks with a bottle of wine and it was hands down one of the, like the greatest meals we've ever had. Um, so it, it, it's, um, so it's Belgium is very surprising in that way. Um, and, um, and it, and it's a really fun and, and accessible place. Um, as far as what has let me down, man, I feel oh, whether it could, it could have been too touristy. It could have been like, you know, hyped up more. You know, that's, I think that's a function of how you travel. Right. Um, you know, if, if you go to Rome, and you don't have a plan and you try to go to the Vatican and you find out it's a two hour wait just to get in. And then it's crowded, uh, you know, and there's people everywhere. That's a, that's going to be a bad experience for no matter who you are. Um, but if you understand, um, that there is a better way and that you can get in there an hour earlier before there's crowds and, um, and with a guide who's going to show you, uh, you know, skip to the good stuff, if you will, um, you know, that's probably, it's, it, it's a lesson I learned a really long time ago, which is understand what your resources are when you're traveling. And most people think of money when they think of resources, but the truth is, is the greatest resource that you expend on a vacation is time. Because if you're like most people, you have two weeks, three weeks of vacation a year, and, and you've been waiting all this time to go do this stuff. It's like going to Disney and then waiting five hours for one ride. Like, did you maximize the value of your Disney ticket by doing that? No. And you can do that in any country, anywhere you go. If you don't understand that, yes, it's going to cost you a couple of extra bucks to marshal and use your time better. But, um, but, but that's, that's where the value is. You know, how many times have you done a group tour? Oh, many. How many, many times have you done a private tour? Not that often. I've done a number of uh, press tours, which are, you know, media, but it's, you know, you're kind of like led around 
but me solo private no, i can't recall right now okay so i'll challenge you this way um most people have done a group tour then most people haven't done a private tour and the only reason i do only private tours is because i understand the value of your time and here's the thing like how many times on your group tours this is a legitimate question mike how many times have you been in somewhere that you really really were enjoying a museum that had great art or a place that was really really cool and somebody probably with a paddle and a number said group 47 we got to go and you were like you invested time money eight you know eight hours of flying uh you know all this money and things just to be there in that room and someone else told you it was time to go how many times has that happened that's happened quite a lot and the one that just jumped out at me was petra and jordan okay. where i where i could have stayed all day and we yeah. had to go <laughs> you know so, as opposed to where i did take a private tour i remember in um anchor Wat, i had my oh. own guide which was yeah. amazing you know and we went on our own pace i could ask a million questions yeah you could stay as long as you wanted with the yeah. things that you loved and here's the best part is if you hated any of it all you had to say was, hey, I'm not into this. And then the tour changes 180 degrees. And so if you understand that, that, that concept, then you understand that, like, I mean, if you're going to wait uh, 11 months and two weeks to go on this vacation, and then you're going to go and somebody else is going to tell you when it's time to leave what you literally came there for, how much is it worth for you to be able to actually explore the things that you care about or more specifically to not explore the things you couldn't care less about? Right. Well, I'm not a travel agent and I'm, you know, but I am someone that like my friends and some of the listeners that will write me and ask me some travel questions or advice. And one of the things I run into all the time that I think travel agents must is people try to do too much in a short period of time. True. And, sure. and it's like, you, you have to like slow them down and go, look, I know you want to see all this, but you just don't have enough time. And this won't be relaxing. You're going to be exhausted. It's the fallacy of doing everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I came up with this um, and I think American, I think the American market is uh, a term that I call box checkers, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, I want to do Paris. And then they're like, I checked the box, right? I did, I did the Louvre. I did the Eiffel tower. Now I've done France. Right. And, yeah. and it's like, and, and, and to see the difference, you'd have to see that most European markets, you know, would visit a city five, six times in their life. Um, so they're not going to try to see and do everything on any one specific trip. They're going to take a little taste. They're going to stop at a coffee shop. They're going to while away an afternoon, check out a museum, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas the American traveler is like, I got to go there. I got to do all this stuff. I got to go. And then I'm going to the next country and I'm going to check those boxes next. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's, there's a, there's really, I get that. I get that because you you want to see a lot and do a lot. And so there's not a lot of time to do those things. I mean, that was my first trip out of the country. You know, I backpacked around Europe for six, six weeks and uh, I did. I was I was checking boxes. But even I at 21 
realized that I was like, uh, I was exhausted. I was, I, was yeah. I didn't even know what I was taking photos of after a while. You know? Well, so like we've got, you know, over the years, we've gotten a ton of requests. I, I want to do London, Paris and Rome, right? Like I want to check all right. three of those boxes in one trip. And I'm like, no, unless you have three weeks or at least a solid two and a half weeks, that's not an, that's not a tour you want to do. And the reason is because most people don't think about the boots on the ground experience, right? They think I'll have infinite energy and they forget about uh, a jet lag or, um, or they forget about how much time is wrapped up in just traveling. You got to be at the airport two hours early. Then you have the flight. Then you got to get the bags. Then you got to get to the hotel. You've expended five ish hours before you've really done anything, that's an entire day completely wasted just getting you to somewhere new when instead you could have focused on a train ride that was maybe an hour. You could be there doing something cool um, and not not go to a whole nother country. So I think really, if there's anything I've really been able to get people to do is slow it down and say, hey, look, like I get the instinct and the impulse to try to do it all but that's a fallacy. You're never, ever going to do it all. So stop even trying. Like, let's focus. <laughs> um, well, let's get uh, the websites and all the other uh, work out of the way. Hey. Where can people uh, contact you and, and what resources can they use? Is it all uh, you have a couple different websites, but I think yeah, Google- so I, I, uh, I usually send everybody to, to my personal website that really you can access uh, not only all of our podcasts, uh, blogs, all of our websites, but more importantly, you can also schedule time on my calendar, send me a text, whatever. So it's a uh, Shane Mahoney 360.com. So that's a uh, M a honey Shane <laughs> Mahoney 360.com. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, I wanted to make things as easy as possible. You can get to travel to give back there. I, I encourage everybody to start their own account. Um, I, I, I literally, you know what it is, is I love doing this, but if, if you search for a hotel on travel to giveback.com and when you start an account, we'll send you an email with a password. That password is something I cannot give out on air. So sorry. Uh, but <laughs> when you get that password, you put it into your hotel searches and we can save up to 60%. And so I, like even earlier today, I was showing somebody how it works and you know, you pick, a, I picked a Las Vegas hotel. Uh, it was 41% off. So it was 150 bucks a night. I went to that exact hotel's website for the exact same dates in the exact same room. It was a hundred dollars per night more. Wow. So that's great. We can and nothing goes to charity, save you money, but it still, t- it still sends money to charity. Yeah, that's great. That's a great service. And uh, what about uh, social media? Are you Instagram or? Everything anything? is on ShaneMahoney360.com. You can get all my okay. socials, all my stuff. Everything is there. Great. And and videos and destinations and everything else. I Every- saw a cool Cabo trip there. Oh my gosh. Have you ever been? Oh yeah. Many times. I, well, I work uh, cruise ships for the last five years a lot. So did you drive the Baja trucks? No, I didn't do that. Oh, Are, do you like <laughs> to drive? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you about this. So, uh, I, w- I went with a buddy of mine who wanted to put together a little fun trip. And, uh, I found that they had these 600 horsepower, $120,000 real Baja trucks. You can take them out on a f- closed five mile course. 
all dirt. Every single turn is like the wheels are coming out from underneath you. You really have to know <laughs> how to drive. It's a stick shift experience. It is absolutely one of the funnest things on the planet to do. Like it is ridiculous. So, so much. So we offer that on our Cabo tours, one of our excite packages. Um, yeah. Oh, there's some cool stuff. Have you ever done, um, you ever done paragliding? Yes, I have. So in Cabo, well, we, the paraglide is the one. Is that the one with the fan? Big fan yeah, on the well, back. The fan. Okay, no, I've done then. No, I've done parasailing. And, was that the uh, one where you done hang the one where you're towed behind the boat? No, no, that. And I've done the one. What's what? It's like a parachute over you. Yeah, that's uh, so, not towed, but you just run off the. Yeah, that's uh, that's unpowered paragliding. Okay, yeah. No, I've never done the powered one. Yes. Yeah, so with the powered one in Cabo, this was this was incredible. So there was like a two mile stretch of beach and the waves are crashing in. And our pilot took me like, I mean, inches, inches above the crashing waves. Uh, we just, we just went for like two miles right above all the crashing. I, I, if I would have stuck my toe down, I could have put my feet in the water. It was crazy <laughs> cool. That's wild. Very well, I'm a scuba crazy. diver too. Do you oh, do yeah? any, do, do any dive trips? Absolutely. hundred percent. Where's your best place to dive? I'll, I'll tell you mine. It's uh, well, I did the Coral Sea, uh, you know, by the Barrier Reef uh, yeah. a long time ago, but I haven't been back there since. And I've dove in like Asia uh, a bit, like I did nice. outside of um, in Gili Islands in uh, Indonesia. That was great, and a lot of the Caribbean I've done, but uh, I want to do the Red Sea, which okay. I haven't haven't done yet. Nice. I got certified in Tahiti. Um, but, uh, Maldives is a great spot for that too. Both, both are really good. I heard that Palau is on my, uh, big destination. I want to go to Guam. Okay. I yeah, heard you... from, a an ex Navy SEAL instructor. He was like, Guam is one of the coolest places to dive because post-World War II, all of the Japanese equipment was sunk before the U S took the Island. And after the war was over, the U S sunk all of their equipment. So there's, there's, coral reefs built around tanks jeeps all kinds of stuff that they sunk down and scuttled and uh, i'm like that just seems so cool to me that's pretty cool and guam you usually have to that's one of the ways to get to palau is through guam the other right. is through like seoul i think or something like that. it's really hard to get to so it's pricey but uh yeah those are kind of the big dive spots i want to do but uh anyway we should wrap this up and i wanted to do uh, ask you my favorite question to ask everybody when i do ask everybody how has travel and seeing all these places around the world um how has it changed you as a person how has it changed how you look at people and the world we live in such a great question mike <laughs> um you know when i was an exchange student and i told all my my buddies i was going to to barcelona for 6 months um, universally, I got the grass is greener syndrome, like, oh, the girls are going to be so hot over there, you know, not <laughs> like here, you know, and all this stuff. And I would say that the number one thing that travel can do and that I think is really, I think it's really cool is it shows you how much people are more alike than they are different. I, I think there's just so you know, if you watch the news in any 24 hour cycle, there's so much out there about how people are different. There's, there's otherism, you know, all these other people. And, um, 
And, and I don't see that. I see, I see people that want to take care of their kids that want to have a good education, you know, that want to have a decent retirement. They want to explore the world. That is ubiquitous to me, no matter where I've ever been, no matter what I've ever seen, people are, are just like you and I. Um, and I wish that I could show more people that, that, uh, than, than, than anything else. That's really, that's to me, that's the most. Most of no, that's a that's a great answer. And Shane, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Mike. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll uh, one day. Um, my dream is to do that James Bond experience. But until uh, then, maybe I could do uh, some other trip. It's it's my dream too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I appreciate it. Shane Mahoney, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. <laughs>